Welcome. This is Raul Lowry Contreras, and this is the Contreras Report Business Mexico. Mexico has got its hands tied right now with the coronavirus pandemic, and it's uh, getting up there now in numbers. As of uh, this week, 90,000 total cases in uh, new in the past week, 3,000, and dead, 10,000. The Mexican border states have far fewer coronavirus victims than, of course, this is logical, Mexico City with 25,000, the state of Mexico, which surrounds Mexico City with 14,000, and next is Baja, California, where I am right now, and it has 5,000. So that's where we are. Uh, Some of the experts are predicting that it should peak in the next uh, uh, 60 days uh, or maybe less, and then uh, start back down again, and which everyone will be thrilled about. Now, interestingly enough, now the re- President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador took office in December 1st of last year, or uh, 2018, I'm sorry, and uh, has, so he's had a, about 18 months uh, or so in, uh, in office. Protesters hit the streets in 40 cities this last weekend in Mexico on Saturday. Why? They're anti-AMLO protesters. AMLO, remember, is the acronym for Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. The anti-AMLO protesters protested in 20 states in 40 different cities. They did so by car, so they weren't parades. Again, this is the pandemic is causing political things to change as well. And uh, uh, now I missed the one on Saturday in Tijuana because I didn't go into Tijuana that day. I live in Rosarito Beach, about 12 kilometers south of Tijuana. And uh, I didn't really even know it was going on because I don't read the newspapers down here. Well, on Tuesday, I was in Tijuana and, uh, for a dental appointment, and when I came out of the dental office, the major road there, the Paseo de Héroes on the, uh, the river colony, Colonia uh, del Rio, um, there were all these cars honking their horns and all had orange letters on their windows, uh, no security, no tax. And uh, in other words, uh, the state is trying to impose a new tax, and these people are saying, you can't protect us from the crime, so why do you want a new tax? Anyway, hundreds and hundreds of cars were caravanning around Tijuana on Tuesday. Now, there are no parades now, so they're using cars. Now, most of of the Saturday protests were in state capitals. Placard, a placard representing the general feeling was, quote, AMLO, you're devastating Mexico, leave now. Another sign that was quite popular is, quote, fuera AMLO, unquote, which means AMLO out. AMLO retorted on a TV, on a TV message. Opponents are, quote, very corrupt, very individualistic and conservative adversaries who don't want to lose privileges they enjoyed under previous governments. Now, that's a very interesting statement, unquote. That's a very interesting statement because, let's see, let's parse the words. Very corrupt. He's assuming that all these protesters are corrupt, when in fact, 
based on the kind of cars they owned, the way they were dressed and carrying on, they looked to me like just plain working uh, middle class people, lots of middle class in Tijuana, and uh, driving, you know, Nissans and Volkswagens, nothing fancy. There were no uh, Corvettes uh, or uh, Maybachs in the, in the, the cars or uh, fancy Mustangs. They were just simple little cars. So, very corrupt is this first charge. Very individualistic. Now, that is really important. Very individualistic because AMLO is a typical leftist. He's, he's a member of the worldwide leftist organization. He's a, pro, he's a, a, a early member and of, of such an organization that at least exists ideologically. He accuses these people of being individualistic because, like him, they aren't collectivist. He's not, he, he's called a communist all the time, and I'm not the first person to call him that. Conservative adversary. In other words, everybody on our left is a conservative. Hmm, interesting choice of words, Mr. President. Gee, too bad, uh, too bad you're so disliked. Amlo says people can express their unhappiness in the 2021 off-year elections. That's next year. And then, and this is a particularly Amlo prescription, a plebiscite. He has promised a referendum vote in 2022 that if people don't like his administration and what he's done, they can revoke his presidency and this plebiscite, which is called a revocation of mandate. He says it will be held in 2022, which is two years before his term expires. In any event, he can't run for re-election in 2024. So, you know, I'm sure that if the people in this plebiscite, national plebiscite, voted to kick him out of office to revoke his presidency, he'd probably say, oh, well, you know, the Constitution says it's a six-year term. We have to live by the Constitution. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador is a moron. Now, he might schedule a plebiscite in 2024 asking for the public's approval for him to stay in office until he ends all corruption and brings the 40-plus percent of, Mexican, of Mexicans in poverty up to zero poverty up to a zero poverty level. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, the man is, is, you know, basically politically insane, I think. But he, he is doing one good thing. Remember the phrase, follow the money? It's usually applied by uh, law enforcement and accountants and uh, tax people. Follow the money. Well, in Mexico right now, under uh, AMLO, there is an Operation Blue Agave. Blue Agave is the principal uh, uh, ingredient of tequila, which is made in the state of Jalisco, usually around the town called Tequila. Anyway, Mexico's Financial Intelligence Unit, the UIF, in cooperation with the United States Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, has come up with a follow-the-money campaign, and here's what they've done. 
the Mexican government has frozen bank accounts of 1,770 individuals, 167 businesses, and two trust funds, all linked to the Jalisco New Generation Cartel based in Guadalajara, the state of Jalisco, which is northwest of Mexico City. The name comes from the main ingredient of tequila, blue agave, which, as you know, is a succulent uh, from which uh, tequila is made. It's also Jalisco's most famous export other than mariachi music. In dollar amounts, $1.1 billion was involved, $660 million in domestic transactions, $137 million in U.S. cash transactions, and $330 million in international transactions. Good for them. Good for them. I don't agree that, that ending the war on the cartels that, that was started under Felipe Calderon in 2006 uh, uh, should have should be led up with a uh, hugs, not uh, bullets philosophy that uh, Andres Manuel o. Lopez Obrador has uh, brought to Mexico City. But uh, he did form the National Guard, and they're all out there. They are patrolling highways, at least around here, although I haven't seen the checkpoint lately uh, that I used to go through almost every day. But there is a war going on with the cartels, only this time it's by accountants and lawyers. President Lopez Obrador has a pet project that he announced even before he was sworn in as president called the Maya train. It's a new train, 1,500 kilometers. It runs through five states in southeast Mexico and winds up uh, on the, the Gulf Coast or the, on the Caribbean. And uh, it's an $8.8 billion, billion dollar project. A billion with a B. 1,500 kilometers long. Uh, it has uh, made its way through a, some lawsuits, and uh, Lopez Obrador waved the yellow flag uh, yesterday, um, which uh, yesterday from today where I'm recording, and uh, started construction. At the ceremony, uh, the, the ceremony was in the town of Lázaro Cárdenas, named after the president of Mexico from 1934 to 1940, the guy who expropriated, among other things, the Lagunas plantations and the Mexican oil industry, and then who put in his own puppet in the presidency in 1940, which resulted in my family being expelled from Mexico in 1943. In any event, uh, the, uh, uh, the town of Lázaro Cárdenas is in the state of Quintana Roo, which is where Cancun is, so that shall orient you, okay? That's the fifth state, a state that it runs through. And the other five states are uh, going all the way up to uh, Campeche. And uh, that's the poorest part of Mexico, the southeast portion of Mexico. It is like the American South, which is also the southeast portion of the United States. It is the least educated, uh, least economically progressive and uh, industrial uh, area of Mexico. It has the highest poverty rate. And one of the reasons is, is that a huge cohort of the population are indigenous, uh, which is a nice way of saying Indian, okay? Native Mexican Indians who are the least educated, etc., etc.
The president promised that the project will be finished in 28 months by October 2022. A Mexican company is handling the first third. There are three different contracts. ISA, spelled I-C-A, will construct the first third of the 1,500-kilometer train. Contract, uh-oh, a contract was let without competitive bidding for well over $2 billion. Hmm, I wonder who the principals are of that company. The reason I bring it up is because the other two segments, those contracts have been let to, one, a consortium led by Carlos Slim, the Mexican multi-billionaire, and the other segment to a Portuguese construction company in partnership with the Chinese Communication Construction Company. They, both of those groups, went through competitive bidding to get their contracts approved or get get them accepted. Interesting that ICA got their contract without competitive bidding from the Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador administration. Like I say, I wonder who the principals are of ICA. Remittances. You will recall, if you've been listening to the program since I started, that in March there was an absolute all-time record set for remittances to Mexico, mostly from the United States. In April, the remittances dropped 28% after the record-setting March. March had $4.02 billion worth of, of remittances. That fell to $2.86 billion in April. However, this April is the same as uh, 2019 April. So that didn't go down year to year. The estimates are that 10 million Mexicans are supported by remittances. That's an estimate from the Banco de Mexico. But that could mean a lot of things. It could be they, they uh, live for the, uh, off those remittances, 100% for food, clothing, and shelter. That could be. Or it could be that it supplements other incomes, so that allows those 10 million, or some of those 10 million, to start new businesses or to add to their homes or whatever. Now, the average of remittance was $329 in April, down from 377 in March. But March was up 39% over March of 2019. But here's the interesting thing. Purchasing power of April remittances is up 7.7% over April 2019, even though the figures were the same. Uh, The remittance figures were the same. That is because the peso lost a little bit of its value. And so, like, when I first got here and I signed up for my uh, my uh, internet. It's with a satellite company called Quesero, K-C-E-R-O, Mexican company. And I paid and agreed to pay $50 a month. And they wanted it, uh, uh, and that's what the exchange rate was uh, on a thousand pesos. The bill, that's where it's got, you know, big, big uh, uh, capacity and speed. So I paid a little extra for the premium. And, um, and, it, uh, that 1,000 pesos was $50. Well, I just paid it the other day for the coming month, and it was $46. Uh, 
But last month, when I paid my 1,000 pesos, it was $42. So you see, the purchasing power of the peso, um, uh, of the dollars, went up. Okay? And so that was good news for a lot of Mexicans. In the first quarter, remittances were $12.16 billion worth. That was a 12.6% increase over the same period of time in 2019. Car sales. As you know, Mexico is uh, like the fourth or fifth largest car maker in the world. And uh, they do quite well. 80% of their cars that they manufacture in Mexico go to the United States, 20% are split between uh, local domestic sales and exports to uh, 100 different countries around the world. Car sales in May, because of the lockdown, were down 59% from May 2019. That was 42,028 cars were moved in May. The worst May in 25 years not since 1995, which was a year after the peso crisis of 1994. May 1995 domestic car sales fell 75.1%. So this drop is, is the worst May in, you know, since 1995, which was really bad. But they didn't manufacture as many cars then. And there weren't as many people employed in the car business, car manufacturing business. January to May, 373,608 cars were sold domestically in Mexico, a 30% drop from the same period in 2019. That's the largest same period drop since 2009 following the 2008 recession. So you see, when the United States sneezes, Mexico catches a cold. Okay, we're going to wind up this session with, with beer is back. Two months after Mexico's pandemic-caused lockdown of non-essential business and industry, the lockdown has ended. It ended on Saturday, May 30th. Beer is now available in many places, and by this time you hear this, will be available in more places. Grupo Modelo that owns the largest brewery in the world in Zacatecas in central Mexico, is open for business again. And that's good because the only beer I drink is Modelo Negras, the dark Mexican beer. I really like it. In any event, that is the Mexico business report for uh, this uh, time, number, issue number 106. And we're now into June, and when things starting to pick up, we should get a lot more economic activity to talk about. By this time next month, uh, many of the businesses that have been shut down should be back in operation, uh, including restaurants, which is good because I drove by several restaurants uh, yesterday that I would love to have had lunch in. I was hungry, but they were all closed. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the to Mexican rebound or reopening of the, the country and uh and the restaurants and because i go to all the supermarkets that's not a problem i have to cook for myself and a lot of times i like to eat people uh, or eat, <laughs> eat food that's cooked by other people i will say that uh my favorite fish place which is a large place called ticos yeah here in rosarita beach is uh 
they figured out a system real well. You pull up in front uh, a, a, a server, a male or a female, they've got one of each usually on duty. You tell them what they want. They hand you a menu, unless you know what you want, you tell them. And then they, with a walkie-talkie, tell the kitchen what your order is. And then they uh, will disappear when they're called. And they will go inside and get your order all packed up in a nice plastic container. And then bring it out to your car. One fish taco with everything. That includes guacamole on top of two or three big pieces of fish. Is The f- pieces of fish is so large that that you can't pick up the taco even though it's got two corn tortillas because it's just too big. So you have to, with a knife and fork, eat the fish, and then you can pick up the, the double tortilla taco and, and squench it together and, and eat it. And that costs, get this, 28 pesos. The rate of exchange last week was 23 pesos to the dollar, so that was just slightly over a dollar. Uh, yesterday, the, the uh, uh, rate of exchange was um, 22.7 uh, at the border. I didn't exchange any pesos yesterday, so uh, I didn't use any except to pay for the toll between uh, Rosarita and Tijuana on the coastal highway. Uh, so the one pay, the the one fish taco with everything on it, which is was my lunch. That was my entire lunch, along with the soft drink. Uh, that that entire lunch costs about what a dollar twelve, and it's really good, folks. Really, really good. If you ever come to Rosita Beach, let me know, and and I'll take you there. My treat. Thank you for being there. This is the Contreras Report. Business Mexico, issue 106, and we will talk to you soon.